before you start. Okay, go ahead. I got one. Are you going to think of one? No, I've already thought of one. I'm not going to All think right, so of one. Alright, so you're thinking of one right now. No, I'm done thinking about it. I Fine. have it in my head. Are you a man? Yes, 19. Are you alive? Yes, 18. Evil can evil. I'm not touching you. Take your hand out like this. I'm, my hand's not in here. Your hand's right I'm, in front am I touching this. you? Am I touching your you? Hand's right in front I'm not touching you, so I'm not. I'm not. I didn't touch you. You just touched me. No, I didn't. You just you made me, me touch you. Nothing. Don't. No, just, no, no. This is your it. side. Just this is your side. Don't touch. Get off. that challenges popular opinions about movies. I'm Brandon Sharp. I'm Zach Smith-Michael. And I'm Mitch Dupree. We are kicking off 2019 with that timeless heist movie, Ocean's Eleven. Mitch, tell us a little bit about Ocean's Eleven. Alright, well first of all, you've got this handsome man, George Clooney, Danny Ocean. And he's just sprung from the joint. And he's already got a plan. I'm going to steal from not one, not two, but three Las Vegas casinos. So he assembles a crew of likable characters, including Handsome Man, Matt Damon, Brad Pitt, Sexiest Man Alive in 1990, and others. And they rob this joint, but little do they know, they're not stealing one thing, but two. He's also trying to steal back his ex-wife's heart, Julia Roberts. Will they accomplish it? The answer is yes. I thought we were doing the Frank Sinatra version. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Eleven guys rob a couple casinos and sing old and jazz standards. They distract the guards by like playing piano. That's the big trap. <laughs> of course it is. Danny's like, hold they on, dr- I got this. New York, New York, and like, hey, yeah. I'm pretty sure they give the guards like egg creams and tell them to beat it. <laughs> what do you think your job would be if you were a member of Ocean's Eleven? Morale. I'd make you feel good. You need me to rub your shoulders, Danny? I got you. Want me to tell you a funny joke, Russ? I'm here for you. Brandon? I mean, I'm I'm clearly Brad Pitt. Um, Jeez, Brandon. I love humility for Pete's sake. I've got I've got the brain for this. I've got the plan. I'm your man. No, I am coward in a corner somewhere. I Livingston Dell, probably. If I didn't. Livingston Dell, if he didn't know how to use a computer that well, that's <laughs> that's my that's my role in Ocean's Eleven. Can I do another one? I'm having fun yeah. with this now. Um, snacks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mitch, you're running out to get a pizza. Yeah, I got you. Don't worry. <laughs> What's my cut? Like twenty grand? It's not like the guy keeping the car warm. <laughs> Is it weird that there are two Malloy twins? Why do they need two drivers? I think they need like, that's a good point. Yeah, they don't. I think they need like two utility yes. men is what they yeah. needed. And um, I don't know why they, yeah, these guys are both drivers. They both can drive well. They both know how to put a car into drive and push the gas pedal. Like, so do, so yeah. do I. Um, I think they, they just needed two utility men to kind of run around and do all the odd yeah. jobs, which they do extremely well that would probably be me. The, the balloon scene the balloon scene the balloon scene whoa <laughs> yes he's a balloon <laughs> boy what are you calling pal friend <laughs> and that's what I, and that's 
that those guys are just yeah. magic, magical when they I get together. It makes me mad at Manchester by the Sea because I'm like, remember your comedy <laughs> roots? You were so funny once. Why are you so sad now? <laughs> when Rusty and Danny are talking about putting the team together in the beginning, and uh, Danny's getting his opinion, and he's like, what do you think? You know, what do you think? And do you remember when he says, and he uses code, he uses code names for each job? Yes. He says, uh, yeah. Boski, Jim Brown, two Jethro's, and a Leon Spinks, and not to not- mention the biggest Ella Fitzgerald ever. Yeah. Did any of you, did you guys ever try to figure yes. out who was who? Yeah. Um, yeah. Saul is Ella Fitzgerald. The two Jethro's are the Malloy twins. That's as far as I got. That's just like literally what you just said. I figured that out. There's so many just little throwaway moments like that. We're not going to make a meal out of it, even though Brad Pitt is literally making a meal out of everything. <laughs> <laughs> I read that he ate 40 shrimp yeah. uh, while filming the Julia Roberts scene, where he's in it for like two seconds, and he just says mm-hmm. that her name's Tess, but he ate 40 shrimp while filming. Good. And I don't know if it's on purpose, but when the camera flashes back and forth, in some shots he's holding like a crystal goblet, and in some shots, he's holding a plate, both with shrimp cocktail on them. But it's like, was this a was this a oops moment, or was that just kind of a joke that they were playing? A lot of the things about the movie that normally I would consider a flaw almost add to the mystery to me in a weird way. I know Don Cheadle got a lot of um, criticism for his British accent. But to me, the fact that it's so bad is almost a character. Like, okay, what's what's Basher's real deal? Is he actually, like, British, or is this a character that he's doing? I don't get all the hate. I like Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins, and I like Basher in this. Relax, everyone. Yeah. Unless you're British, mm-hmm. then I totally understand. <laughs> well, now, now I kind of want to hear who you guys would throw in 14. If you were making Ocean's 14 and you could add one actor, who, who would it be? See, I thought about this a lot. And I was thinking, we need to bring in somebody who can play, like, seventh fiddle. Not first, not second. But then I'm thinking, whoever they're going to introduce is going to have a big scene where they're like, hey, it's this guy. But then he has to be able to, like, fade into the background. And my mind immediately went to Jonah Hill. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) That would make it feel a little bit too much like uh, 21 to me, because we already have Josh Gad. And that one is kind of a big, funny guy. I don't know. They look very similar. I don't know. <laughs> there can't be a fat guy in one movie and a fat guy in another movie. That's how body shaming that sounded. But it does. It feels similar. <laughs> it was, I don't well, know. I mean, I thought, and then I also thought, I thought about Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but I don't see him playing second fiddle to anyone or blending very nicely i should say i thought he blended perfectly well in inception no Ooh, i didn't yeah, think about that's that that's a good point the ensemble movies the strength is i think uh, that every character has to have something identifiable about them so they have to have moments of shining right right um there's not not a character in the oceans movies that um feels like they fade into the background maybe with the exception of like livinson dell uh, though even on rewatching it this time, I was like, "Oh, he's always sweaty." Right. That's a great yep. little a little trait, right? They yeah. always make him that nervous that he's sweating. So everyone's got to have their own little thing. So that's what makes a good ensemble movie to me. Yeah, and I mean, you need to remember each character. Yeah, I feel like 
probably one of my favorite parts of the heist movie is assembling the team, mm. so to speak. Yeah. Um, and we see that in this movie. We see that in Ocean's Eleven. We see that in Fast and the Furious. I do enjoy Inception, and uh, I feel like there are a few scenes in there where we see um, Leonardo DiCaprio assembling his team. When you get into more subpar films, like, you know, the Now You See Me movies, and everyone's just this a different version of the same character, you don't have that kind of entertainment value, I feel. I think, if I heard you right, you just said Now You See Me is not good. I'm going to push back. Now You See Me is very good. Uh, it's great B-movie, fun popcorn Watching it on an airplane kind of movie. I'm, in, I'm super into that. Now You See Me 2? Yes. You can talk crap about. <laughs> now You See Me 1, you don't get to. Well, I was saying, in Now You... Take it back. In Now You See Me, the, the characters... The guys pulling off the heist are all playing second fiddle to Mark Ruffalo, who's trying to solve the job, which is fine, but... <sighs> okay, now I'm going to have to list ways Now You See Me is better than Ocean's Eleven. Do you want me to do that? Do it. You're making yes. me do it. Yes, I do. Is there a scene in Ocean's Eleven where someone defeats their enemy by throwing playing cards at them? Yes or no? That sounds like something that would be in yes. Ocean's Eleven, though, doesn't it? <laughs> or no. Something that no, like, the Malloy the twins would do. Is there a scene in Ocean's Eleven where Jesse Eisenberg makes uncomfortable flirtatious dialogue with a woman much more attractive than him? Yes or no? Are we saying good things about him? Yes or no? No. Is Morgan Freeman in Ocean's Eleven? I rest my case. Ocean's Eleven is the epitome of cool. Yes. Yes. This movie came out and everyone wanted to be... Well, take your pick. Any one of them would have been fine. Danny Ocean has... Except Livingston Dell, but yeah. (laughs) Well, within reason. Danny Ocean has business cards with just his name on them. That's how cool he is. It literally just says Daniel Ocean on them. curiosity which casinos did you geniuses pick to rob the bellagio the mirage and the mgm grand those are terry benedict's casinos is that right that's right you guys what do you got against terry benedict what do you have against him that's the question he torpedoed my casino muscle me out now he's gonna blow it up next month to make way for some gaudy monstrosity don't think i don't see what you're doing what are we doing ruben you're gonna steal from terry benedict you better know this sort of thing used to be civilized you'd hit a guy he'd whack you done but with benedict at the end of this Better not know you're involved, not know your names, or think you're dead because he'll kill you. And then he'll go to work on you. That's why we have to be very careful, very precise. Mm. Well funded. Yeah. You gotta be nuts, too. And you're gonna need a crew as nuts as you are. 
Who do you got in mind? Oh, don't, don't even get me started on the Ruben scene. He's so <laughs> fantastic in that. What a wonderful scene. And my favorite part is it's basically a, it's a card game. That whole scene is a card game. Uh-huh. And um, they can't they can't go up and show Ruben their hand. He'll flatten them. So they have to, you know, wet his taste buds and then walk away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they've got the ace of spades in right. the back pocket. Yeah, those they are know as soon as he places. as soon as he breaks silence and says, "Hey," just because they know curiosity will get the better of him, mm-hmm. then they've got him. Then they've got him. Yeah, it's the a cutesy little moment between them. They're like playing patty cake. Uh, uh, Terry Bennings places. Oh, that right? <laughs> See, <you know? laughs> stealing is art to them. This is how they truly feel alive. Is yeah. is I think what you're looking for is yeah, yeah. this is this is how they uh, this is what they do with their talents. This is their canvas, mm-hmm. um, mm. and yeah, it's what they're good at. And Danny Ocean is getting ready to paint his Mona Lisa, and that's I mean, unfortunately, and I, you could say what you want. I think um, Ruben hit. He does kind of fade into the background after that, but every time he shows up, it's nice. Like it's a thing he gets his moment, and then whenever you see him, you're happy. And I was really irritated. He's, I think, the only person who came back for Ocean's Eight, and of course, because they didn't understand the uh, Yen comes back at the end too. That's right. You're right. I'm sorry, but the scene with um, with Ruben in Ocean's Eight, you could tell that they didn't understand the original Ocean's Eleven trilogy because when Sandra Bullock is sitting there and she's just like, you know. I'm gonna rob a bank because I'm just as good as my brother. And he's like, Oh, no, you can't. You wouldn't. No, no. I was like, You guys don't. Oh, no. You don't get him. That doesn't bother me at all. I don't know. I mean, I mean, that movie passed. bothers me. <laughs> I, I actually, so I just saw Ocean's 8 the other day for the first time. I really enjoyed it. Really? I think it got, and you're talking to a guy who loves Ocean's Eleven, yeah, so I, uh-huh. I thought it got so much unnecessary hate. Uh, but again, I also defend Ocean's Twelve and Thirteen. I I think it is very familiar, um, but it's got a great cast and it's fun, and that's all these movies ever were. Uh, the only element that's missing uh, that Ocean's Eleven has that Ocean's Eight doesn't is the too cool for school stylized uh, dialogue and uh, and flash right there's a there's a finesse um, that Ocean's 11 has that Ocean's 8 doesn't that's the only thing and that's just because the writing was better I mean that's not a huge difference I don't the, know. the chemistry between Kate Blanchett and Sandra Bullock is far inferior to George Clooney sure. and Brad Pitt, which is why the movie works for me. That's why Ocean's Eleven, the chemistry. Yeah. The chemistry is what makes this movie work. Um, even, for heaven's sakes, Turk and Virgil, hmm. ma- a match made in heaven, as far as I'm concerned. They're, they are just, they are in Vulcan mind meld. Um their dialogue, their performance. Also, James Corden is in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's got a lot of elements that I wouldn't normally care for. I'm with you, because James Corden is the devil. So, <laughs> I don't normally <laughs> want him. Yeah. And it's not even, and I'm not even, you know, I'm, I'm not that, you know, 
Oh, they shouldn't be remaking movies with women. Blah, 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 blah. I don't want no women in my... I'm not, I'm not that guy. I just didn't... I thought if you were going to make a movie so similar to the original Oceans... Like, I wanted them to go completely, like, do, you know, just do something crazy, play to your strengths with the cast, like, really make this movie a lot of fun, and it just wasn't all that fun for me. Oceans 11 has a distinctively masculine energy to it. Sure. Um, sure. Mm -hmm. It's very much, to me, about this unique, like, manicured kind of uh, superbly fitted kind of masculinity. It's like uh, George Clooney in a button-up suit, and they were wearing, like, fitted clothes before that was a thing. I think I watched a behind-the-scenes at one point, and they were talking about the wardrobe, and just the amount of thought that went into, like, each character's individual wardrobe and how Danny's, like, the the classic, stylish, well-dressed, clean-cut... Um, Rusty's a little more flashy, you know, keep going on down the line. And just so much thought put into these um, characters' image. It's the way that they treat people where it's not, like, overly macho, um, but it but it is a unique, cool guy kind of demeanor. Sure, sure. Um, so when they make it with an all-woman uh, cast, there's a possibility of, like, things I'm not picking up on just because I'm not a woman. I will say Ocean's 8 got me to like Anne Hathaway in a movie. I think it was really smart that they had her play the villain. Yeah. Especially, no, I mean, just because yeah. there is this widely held perception of, like, people don't like Anne Hathaway right. after the Oscars, so it was a really smart move to make her play someone unlikable. I agree. I think the problem for me with eight was that they basically made Ocean's Eleven with a girl cast. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the the it's so similar story wise, and I feel like they did that, and then they were like, you know, maybe this was just me, but why? Like, you can't compare us to Ocean's Eleven. Well, you made the same movie. Like, I think there was <laughs> so much potential. There was potential. Like, it's a great cast. An all an all girl. Yeah, great cast. Do a different movie, though. Yeah. I feel like they could have taken it so many different directions, yeah. and then they would not have been stacked up blow for blow with Ocean's Eleven. I think because my expectations were somewhat low, I'll be honest, for the movie, right. I was just pleasantly surprised how each actress played against type in some way. Sure. Like, Helena Bonham Carter, I've been done with for, like, <laughs> 20 like years at this point. I'm like, oh, okay, she's just Tim Burton's, you know, whatever. Uh, and I thought she was surprisingly nuanced and subtle in this. Like, she had some great humor. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't her doing Bellatrix all over again. Like, just little things like that. I'm like, okay. They're, they're at least bringing... It felt like they were trying. Like, I was pleasantly surprised by Rihanna, who I didn't think I would like at all. I was like, you were fine. You know, you, were, you did your job. You're easily as good as Living Sindel. Oh, Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, okay. Watch it. How do you think Ocean's Eleven does with the, um, the villain? How do you how do you guys like Benedict? <sighs> so good. You know what I was thinking about rewatching the movie because you know these other guys they're they're speaking so clear and they're talking fast and they you know are speaking. Again, their voice is just crystal clear. Terry Benedict, like he whispers all of his lines. 
Like, he's really quiet. His voice isn't very pleasant to listen to. And it is one of those things, they make him such a, I don't want to say hateable, but they make him a villain that you want to see defeated. And he really doesn't do anything wrong up until after the heist is over when he goes, I would give up my wife to get my money back. Who wouldn't? Me. Answer in a private conversation. Okay. All right. In a private conversation with a thief who's like, hey, I'm going to get you $150 million. You could just lie and say, yeah, I'd, I'd give up my girlfriend for $150 million. I don't know. Maybe I'm a bad person, but. I don't feel like Benedict is actually that great of a villain. Okay. I have a couple, I have a couple reasons why. I think he's, I think he gives a great performance and I think he's just, let's think about what makes a great villain. Clever, brilliant, ruthless. All we do, we, we hear about how ruthless he is. We don't ever see how ruthless he is. Mm. He, he is consistently two, three steps behind the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And, and if I walked up and saw George Clooney chatting at my wife, I would have burnt the building to the ground. <laughs> and he he just kind of subtly dismisses him that's Um, his power though that is his power he's quiet and dangerous like a snake in the grass maybe that's the thing about this movie these guys are the best that that's what makes this movie work they are going to be two three steps ahead of their foe at all points but some of my favorite benedict is at the beginning of 12 when he's rounding everyone up and we find and we finally this is what we've been hearing about we're finally seeing it yeah yeah Yeah. he's blowing up cars and he's smacking (laughs) people in the he is blowing up exactly yes he blew up rusty's favorite car it feels a little bit like uh he's the best checkers player in the world but the oceans team is playing chess right exactly i think he is the opposite of these guys though like cool, suave, and he's just you know, talks like Not. this the whole movie. And every time he's saying something, he's saying it like this, and his, he slurs his words a little bit, and he is always looking at people, and he takes weird pauses. Well, that's that's his New York gangster coming through, right? He's supposed to be like a a New York Italian mobster, um, right? Like straight out of Godfather Three, like he. <laughs> left the set on, Goth- on Godfather 3 and flew out to Vegas and started started up a hotel. I don't have enough knowledge about New York accents to <laughs> confirm or deny what you just said. One of the things I love is he the way he walks. Have you noticed? He yeah. swings his arms like very like... He's almost like a toy soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like linear. He has this linear kind of like... Um, he is the house that Danny's talking about, right? Yeah. Like he just... He cru- he has one tool in his tool chest, and it's a hammer. And I, I do like Ocean's 12, because we finally get to see, hey, hammers can be good, too. Yeah. They work. They're pretty powerful. Hammer time. How do you feel about the the, uh, the scheme to, um, to get Linus uh, to take a larger role um, I always felt like that was quite a large buildup to um, 
to get Linus in there. And I, I don't know. Was it a confidence thing, do you think, for him? Like, why, why such an elaborate scheme? I, I'm with you. I never understood why they kind of jerked him around. If, if, unless it is a character thing, like you're saying, like to, to you know, kind of bring the kid up to speed and groom him into the next. Yeah. I think about, um, it, remember that scene in Reservoir Dogs when uh, the guy walks in and he goes, it's Tim Roth. And like, why? He goes, he's the only one I'm not 100% on. It almost seems like they're trying to keep Damon in the dark just in case it turns out like, that we don't know this kid as well. He might be dirty. But again, that's a lot of like me just guessing at stuff. I I think it's something that they don't really focus on in the movie. Yeah, I don't know if I'm I'm vibing with that. It seems... I think it's just a young thing. He's really young. He's yeah. green. This is us being generous to the movie. Yes. Because what its purpose is, is to hide information from the audience. Yes. That's why they do it. So it's a twist when we see him in the elevator. Yeah. It doesn't quite feel justified or earned. Yeah, and uh, and also, characters. speaking of the elevator, can we talk about how good Basher, not Basher, Bruiser, the, the guy who's supposed to beat up Danny, <laughs> how good is that guy at pretending he's beating up someone for the entirety of that heist? <laughs> <laughs> it's several hours worth. Yeah. <laughs> Ew, just just a lights-out performance. You, you don't think one of the guards outside was like, hey... Maybe he's killing this guy? <laughs> Especially since his perception of what a beating sounds like is like, oh, oh, oh. Had enough, yeah. Had enough. <laughs> Gosh. I was annoyed by the line the other day when he says, like, how'd you, and he goes, uh, gave a friend a couple million. It's not Bruiser, is it? He didn't give him a couple million for, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. Maybe. That job is worth ten grand at the most. <laughs> Come on. It might be Bruiser Mitch. Let's talk about the, the actual heist itself um, for yeah. a minute. Do you remember when you saw this movie the first time? Can you remember? Did it work for you? Um, were you caught off guard, surprised? Let's just talk through it a little bit. What did you guys think? Several parts. Yeah, and I love that the thing that almost does them in, and I think it's a cool character moment that no one ever talks about, is when Rusty's walking through the casino on his phone and runs into Tess. Oh, yeah. Because it could be curtains right there. Like, that could... All she has to do is be like, he's the guy, he's the guy. But he goes, well, you know, he's like, you know, Danny's fine. He's in good health. You know, why don't you go upstairs and watch TV? And she goes <laughs> along with it. So it's almost a thing where she's like, I'm unhappy with Terry. Maybe this is my ticket out or something like that. I did. I wrote that down. I said uh, they would have been $150 million poorer if Terry was a little bit nicer to his girlfriend. Because <laughs> several times she has the opportunity to turn him in mm-hmm. and she doesn't. I love the moment where her allegiances change. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, after she gives the someone's always watching right. and she's walking through the casino and I'd never noticed until this watch through her face changes. Yeah. No, I have to find Danny. Yes. I love Danny. Right? Stop. That's my husband. Yeah. Yeah. Just a beautiful change. Uh, that's a, that's a great Julia Roberts scene. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of beautiful also, and the conclusion of that scene, can we talk about the guys looking at the fountain while Claire de Lune plays? I wrote that down also. Yeah, absolutely. I thought you were going to say, speaking of beautiful Charmaine at the Crazy Horse 2. 
no, the dancer. That's not my my scene. <laughs> the uh, fine Claire Delune. Let's do no, the <laughs> the Bellagio fountains with Claire Delune playing. That could be one of my favorite scenes in any film. Yeah, easily. Agreed. With, with the team lined up and everything's worked out perfectly, and you're just thinking to yourself. When's that? That and that's literally when I was thinking: When's the next one coming out? Or how quickly can I okay. get my butt back into a seat and see this again? Right. Um, it just leaves you wanting more, and it's almost sad. Like, oh, it's over. Yeah, like, that was a blast. It's over. Mm-hmm. What did that scene mean to you guys in context of the film? Not just personally, like, oh man, the movie's over. But what does it say to you about like these characters in this movie? I think one thing right off the bat, Rusty is the um, least nostalgic, sentimental character. Right. He takes off first. He's like, all right. And he just kind of gets a little stir crazy and, and goes. Um, Saul looking sunset in the in the face. And it ends with the youngest and the oldest. Right. Right. Mm. Um, the kind of the sunrise and the sunset of the the heist team yeah wow yeah also and also i was just thinking about this i can't think of another heist movie where the guys take it in at the end of the movie you know what i mean like there's no like kind of like breath afterwards of just like and like yeah we did that there i can't think of another movie where they do that Mm -hmm. one of the um saddest parts for me actually about that scene is the fact that George Clooney doesn't get to be a part of it yeah. because that's just the way the movie works out. Um, I'm like, Oh, where's Clooney? Also, what, <laughs> what heist movie do you guys know that they stand around and look at the place they just robbed afterwards? <laughs> and take it in, yeah. <laughs> that's why, that, that's why we've never seen that in a movie is because most teams are hightailing it out of there as fast as they can. Yeah. Um, I always wanted this to be Saul's last job because of that beautiful shot on his face, that smile, right? Yeah. It just felt like this should have been his last rodeo. Yeah, Especially love- after some of those just scenes with him playing the doctor and that terrible accent. Um, in 12. In 12. This should have been his last. Yeah. This should have been his last. And I thought um, they were going that heist. way in 12 when he says, you know, I want the last check that I write to bounce. Also, another good opportunity for them to kind of put him to bed, mm-hmm. so to speak. I do love him in 13, though, as the guy with the dog. Yes. <laughs> I think that's oh, really geez. funny. I, I do like that. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> oh, boy. I love how Saul's private security are hauling people off in the casino. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like they're the well, like they're the hotel security or something. No, they're just private security hauling, hauling guests of the hotel off. Yeah, his name is Bucky Buchanan, yeah. right? Yes, from Saratoga. My dad will sometimes, when he hasn't seen me in a while, take off his glasses like Bucky Buchanan. <laughs> Yes. Uh, just as a... It's me! Tom Dupree! From Saratoga! <laughs> and no one knows what we're doing, and I'll just be like, Mikhail? Yeah? <laughs> uh, he says Miguel and Vladimir, by the way. Just yeah, whatever. 
What? Mikhail <laughs> sounded right in my head. <laughs> So in conclusion, um, prior to Ocean's Eleven, put a big cast on the screen, and it usually would equal a big disaster. Ocean's Eleven puts the right cast together, assembles the right group of guys, and creates the right chemistry for the big screen. Um, That's why Ocean's Eleven works for me. That's why Ocean's Eleven um, is still popular 19 years later, and... uh, that's why it is the ensemble and heist movie for the ages. Yeah, I think we've seen heist movies, we've seen ensemble films, and no other heist movie is as fun. No other heist movie, at least for me personally, no other heist movie is as enjoyable. Um, no other heist movie has um, you know, such rich characters, and I think that that is 100% those performances and that chemistry i mean of course the screenwriting gets into that too the direction but i think if you don't have those guys in the movie it is as we alluded to at the beginning it's a it's a simple plot it's a simple story it's you know those performances and that cast that bring oceans 11 roaring to life yeah i'd say for me uh i will sing the praises of this cast until the cows come home i'm with you i I love every person on the screen something that gets overlooked it is very um close to slipping into style over substance Mm. for me uh where when i think of oceans 11 what really sticks out it's not just the cast it's the dialogue it's the music it's the this world that uh, they've created that seems very cool very sleek very suave um that's that's oceans 11 so i think um some of what people are missing in in eight um uh, it's not that they're missing a plot it's not that they're um super dissatisfied with the cast members i think they're missing the style uh, that Soderbergh and the writers brought to the original movies. So that's going to do it for us. Thank you for joining us for our discussion on Ocean's Eleven and the ensemble movie. If you have a minute, like us on Facebook. We can be found at the Is It Really Podcast. And give us your opinion. We would love to know how you feel about our episodes and any weird movie opinions you may have. And don't forget, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're feeling good, please give us a rating and a review. We would really appreciate it. And we'll see you next time. Bye.